0: I think my philosophy is that anything we do in life, we carry forward. One of the amazing things about working in film that I learned early on was that it was always going to be changing. It was always going to be different. I would never be doing the same thing twice, and that just,
1: that rang my bell. That was exactly
0: where I wanted to live.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Final Mile Club podcast, or as we're calling it, FM radio. This series explores life after graduation through conversations with industry professionals across the fields of the arts, media, performance, design, and beyond. My name is Sarah Bae-Jung, and I'm the Dean of the School of the Arts, Media, Performance, and Design at York University. I am really pleased to introduce Caroline Orkau-Lauks, who is a graduate of York University theater program, uh, but has been has spent most of her career in in film and media industries as a set decorator. She's known for working in a number of very high-profile Hollywood feature films uh, that have, uh, I think, both inspired but also facilitated her love of international travel. Uh, and when I was talking with her about some of the things that she's done, I mean, she's worked, you know, for for 25 years in in, in really, really big, Films like *The Incredible Hulk* and *Batman vs Superman*. She's worked with stars like Michael Douglas and Kiefer Sutherland and Mark Wahlberg and and a whole bunch of other great folks. Um, and when we were chatting initially, we had this great conversation. And and you know, she was saying to me, there are so many opportunities. Your students need to know that that they do not have to limit themselves in one direction. There are, you know, and she's like, and I talk to other colleges and universities, and I talk to other student groups, um, and, <laughs> and so it's it's. So, I was, you know, I was, I left our, our conversation incredibly elated. And so I just had to make sure that, that we had this opportunity to connect with her as well. So, um, without further ado, I just want to welcome you, Cal. Thank you so much for being here and uh, welcome to the podcast.
0: Thank you, Sarah. It's my absolute pleasure to be on this podcast with York University and to reconnect to my alma mater. It's, uh, it's, um, it's a joy. Thank you.
1: Before we kind of get started in your career and also what you're doing now, and can you just say a little bit more about being a set decorator? It's I think quite quite a bit more involved.
0: Sure. The set decorator is another one of those mysterious categories and departments and, and uh, areas of creativity and filmmaking that people just have no idea. Um, And I have to say, even uh, filmmakers who have gone through film school have no idea. And so the set decoration department is the um, creatives that do everything from the walls and the floor in. So whether it's a spaceship, whether it's a submarine, whether it's a tall ship, which I'm alluding to in my current (laughs) uh, prep, or it's a a slum or a crack house. Everything from the walls and the floor in is what the decorating is all about. And that is telling the story. It's basically the secret character behind the actors. Um, And we work um, the decorator works closely, obviously, with the production designer who is charged with the overall view of the what the film looks like. And I work closely with the director to have their vision. And sometimes in the streaming world with the showrunners who are uh, the writers of the series and producers to deal with budgets and, and money. So it's a very nuanced craft with so many skill sets that basically come from my experience at York University
1: or other people's experience in colleges, universities, or the School of Life. Can you say a little bit more about that? I think sometimes we think of those things as very separate and um, that if you want to train for film, you should train for film. And if you want to work in theater, you should train. How, how did that cross over for you? And what are some of the things that you've, that you learned at York that you've used in your your career?
0: Well, everything in the short word, but I'll go into detail. So when I went to York University, it was the 80s. So um, theater and film never met in York. As a matter of fact, the film department was in the basement. And I came to York in the performance uh, end of it, and I wanted to be an actress. And then throughout, um, I'd been a dancer all through my my Ute and, uh, <laughs> um, and 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 I performed in uh, youth theater, and I'd been to the Bath School of Fine Arts, and so I I was very focused on becoming an actress. And when I went to York, I took all kinds of electives and started doing um, taking courses on costume and history and what what clothing. Um, signals so people in the french revolution what what the colors were in the tricor on their hats and things like that and i became so fascinated with textiles and language through textiles and furniture and um what that was saying about the politics and the social life of people in those eras it was something that was going on in the back of my Mm. mind all the way along through the course of the my experience at york and by the end of um I think it was by the end of second year into third year, I had an experience with a very dear friend who had a schizophrenic breakdown. And that changed the trajectory of my um, interest. For sure, I was definitely more interested in the psychology of people. I was interested in, um, as I said before, all of the... uh, environments that we, we live in. And I was no longer interested in performing on the stage. I was more interested mm. in supporting that. At the same time, while going downtown and experiencing the theatre in, uh, uh, in Toronto, etc., I, I, for myself, found that I did not want to be that poor. I did not want to be struggling that hard, to be on the stage and having done a number of auditions and being told, you know, my nose is too big, my voice is too Canadian, I don't have enough boobs, I have too many boobs, my hair is blonde, you know, all, whatever it is in that audition, I just thought, I just don't need that self-destruction. I would like to celebrate. And now that's my perspective. That's not what other performers obviously feel, but that's what I was feeling. and um, um And also, Because I was only a second-generation university um, attendee in in my family history, there was a lot of pressure in the background to just get over the theater thing. What are you going to do? That's not going to make you any money.
1: At one time in our lives, everyone has heard something like that.
0: Absolutely. The the show-me-the-money pressure from your family is something that I, I totally understand. But if you have a dream, fill it, you know?
1: (laughs) So you studied theater, but also econ, psych, a whole bunch of other things at York. How did you find your way to film? How did you get your first gig in, in that world? Well, when
0: I got my degree out of York, I like so many of the conversations that you've had on this podcast, I didn't know my personal value. I didn't know how to put together all of those, um, you know, pieces of my brain that uh, had interest for me. I didn't know there was no uh, podcast. There were no, you know, communication devices where you could liaise with other. There was no alumni that was functioning at York. So off you go down the path of, je ne sais pas. I don't know. (laughs) know? Um, And so I put on a backpack and went to Europe for a year um, because I really didn't know what I wanted to do. But I did know that I needed to get outside of Canada and see what the rest of the world was like and, and enjoy that. And I have to say that that was the best thing for me because I... I picked up jobs as a governess with a really wealthy family and I observed what extreme wealth is in Europe and I travelled through all these castles and um, churches and villages and all of, you know, the lifestyle of how people live, seeing that there's still pockets of of Europe that have ravages of World War II, never mind what's going on now. And I brought all that back to Canada and I thought I'm going to be... I'm going to work with a Stills photographer and I'm going to get into public relations. And I had this bizarre idea that I was going to go into public relations. While I was at the film, uh, at the uh, Stills photography studio that I managed to get a job at in downtown Toronto with the Brandt Group, great people, they started bringing in this person called a props person. And I thought, well, this isn't a stage, this isn't a theater stage, what, what do they do? And she came in and she, she was doing, at that time it was a big deal, magazines were still huge, so I'm talking about a very long time ago. Um, <laughs> they did food styling. And so I connected with this woman, I worked with her for a couple of months and she said, honestly, you have a big, you have a big lens, you need to get into film. And I was like, whoa, what are you talking about? Toronto film, I'm, we don't live in LA. There's no film. And that was just as the film tax credits had launched in Toronto. Mm -hmm. And I scooped my way into a Coca-Cola commercial. And from there I did a movie of the week, which was a big thing in the eighties. And I never looked back. Um, It was, it was, um, you know, prior to cell phones, we had a, I think I was at the introduction of pagers, those little things with 911. I mean, we had a pocket full of quarters, pull over the side of the road, make all your phone calls, check in. I mean, I'm talking about archaic times, people, you know, but it was, it was tough. I didn't have any family in the business. I didn't, you know, I had no resources other than writing letters it was writing letters. we weren't even on computers then we you would write letters you would mail them you would show up for coffees you know it was that primitive
1: so so it sounds it sounds like there's a there's a been a kind of changing mix of skills uh, over the over the course of your career has it been challenging to learn those new skills um, you know because I think that and, and I asked this, because I think sometimes our our students, you know, they come in and they're like, "Okay, tell me what I need to get this kind of job." But but more and more, I think our attention and and as we're talking in programs at AMPD. It's it can't just be the skills for the job today. It has to be the skills for the job today and the the techniques of learning. Mm-hmm. to acquire and teach yourself the skills for the job as it evolves or or the jobs as as they as they emerge what was that difficult for you and how did you how did you learn that did you learn it on the job did you get other did you go back to school did you take other classes like what did that process look like for you
0: well Uh, uh, For me and for um, everyone in the business, it's about continuing education. So, um, you know, learning SketchUp, learning learning ZBrush, uh, learning um, CAD, AutoCAD, all of these programs that absolutely are required depending on what you are choosing to do. Um, And because I'm a decorator and a department head, I... I've had to find and resource my own management skills. I didn't, you know, I came out of the theater school. I didn't know how to manage a department of 50, 60 people, you know, um, how to talk to people, how to how to negotiate your deals. That's a whole other thing that I do wanna come back to. Um, I I took courses outside of on my own dime and I looked for free as much as possible or you know through community colleges or what have you. But I think it's really important for people to realize that university is one marathon and the next marathon is coming and i would look at my career in a 5 year span to to give myself like okay here's the skills that i'm coming out of of university with i've got i've got tenacity i have i have learned how to research i have learned how to step out of my comfort zone and try new things these are all soft skills that are super Super important in your next level of career. Um, I I show up early. I work hard and work extra hours. I make sure my papers are in a, on time. These are things that in the film world will translate to, you know, very hardworking people because the competition is so stiff. I mean, if you're gonna if you're not a morning person, you know, or if you're not somebody who can do a 12-hour day. That's going to be tough, you know.
1: In reflecting back on everything, Cal, what what do you wish you had known and what would you what would you want our our graduating folks to know as they start to think about this transition from the last four or five years to this next four or five year phase?
0: First of all really assess your your skill sets, your soft skills and your hard skills from what you've what what you've taken on through university. Give yourself a really big um pat on the back for for graduating and taking it on and going through the ups and downs. You now have a whole, you know, toolbox full of things that you just have to remember to go back in and dig those up. You know, when you're feeling like there is, that you're lost, um, dig out some of those things that you were curious about in university that you took a course on that had nothing to do with, you know, what your main focus was and try and put those together. Network, 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 network. I think somebody else in your program said, um, always ask for what you want. Um, Send it out in the universe on your own pick up the phone and call, make eye contact with people, see people physically as much as you can in order to have your energy and your creative voice heard. And, um, I would say, um, look at the five, the first five years as not that, you know, nothing, but be an open book. And if you, um, if you don't feel that you're getting paid what you're worth right off the top, balance that between what you're gaining from that experience and that person that you're connecting with. Because there, you know, the film industry is very, very competitive. So, if you go into a, a job thinking that you're worried about, well, I should be charging you X amount of money because I've missed some parties and I missed my family events and da da da, it doesn't translate like that. It doesn't work like that. You know, if this is where you want to go, you are going to have to make some financial sacrifices. And I'm not talking about the 30% disparaging, you know, uh, uh, difference between. Uh, women and men or anything like that. I'm I'm just saying across the board, this is a very desirable long-term career that is going to feed your soul. And if you love it, you need to make a few sacrifices in the first five years that are going to be tough to swallow. You're not gonna be making as much money as you want. You might not be working the full 12 months uh, like a regular job, you know. Learn to save, learn to multitask, figure out what that secondary job is where you're infilling, what is that going to do for your your passion, for your career that you're working towards. Um, And that's what I, I think essentially, um, get yourself into a negotiating, uh, course as quickly as possible should be something in the curriculum. I, you know, uh, somewhere, but, um, there, there are very specific skills in negotiating a contract that will take you to buying your car, buying your house. These are life skills that you absolutely have to have, um, yeah, and um, enjoy the ride. You know, just really live in the present. Don't always thinking about what's. Don't always be thinking about what's next. What's next? When you get an opportunity,
1: wallow in it. Just like hmm. really go for it. Cal, I just want to thank you for your time in talking to us today. These these have been just fantastic insights, and uh, I'm sure we'll be. Really, really useful to all of our budding filmmakers and folks who might want to be in the area of, of design, production design and, and set decorators, but but almost any any profession coming out of AMPD. I think there's just such great insight. So thank you so much for for all of your time and attention today.
0: Thank you very much. It's been my total pleasure to be here, and I wish all of your graduates all the very best.
1: You've been listening to the Final Mile Club Radio, a production of the School of the Arts, Media, Performance, and Design at York University, with generous support from Jennifer Ivy Bannock and members of the Dean's Advisory Committee. You can hear more exciting episodes by subscribing to this series or joining the AMPD Final Mile Club on LinkedIn. Do you have a burning question about life after graduation? Email us at fmcr at and we will be sure to pose it to a future guest. Thanks for listening, and remember, although the way may be long, you don't have to go it alone.